Hey guys, welcome back to the Rhythm Section, brought to you as always by The Mind Refinery. I'm Kyle Bodanis. This episode, Colburn and I talk about the new 2 Chains album, so help me God. If you like to be here, rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and if you have time, follow The Mind Refinery on social media. And now, here's the show. Alright squad, joining me as usual to talk about the new 2 Chains album, so help me God is the master of disaster my co-host coburn blair coburn how you doing doing excellent how you doing other than the fact that it is uh full-scale winter outside uh pretty much i am uh absolutely fantastic i was stupid and ventured outside today uh not good i cannot relate smart you're a smart man smarter than i but let's get right into this so so Two Chains has become a bit of an uh, a bit of an enigma now. His last full length rap or go to the league was a marked departure uh, from its predecessor, Pretty Girls, like trap music. It was a personal and political turn that explored his inner demons and the difficulty young black men and women have making it in America. The Def Jam press release described the album as such: celebrating black excellence and focusing on the power of education and entrepreneurship. The press release also says the title challenges the notion that the only way out of the inner city is to become a rapper or a ball player. This was, again, a departure from his previous efforts, which were like Pretty Girls, which was oozing that trademark bravado and boasting with his trademark, also trademark humor. Uh, you know, Two Change generally says funny ass shit and he's quotable and we love it. With that said, though, you know, going into this album where is two chains in the rap game because i feel like his last album kind of changed the possibilities for him two chains is kind of he cemented himself he you know has probably one of the best rebrands ever to happen in rap music he has been around now for what over i mean well well over a decade but in his newer incarnation probably as two chains about a decade or so so he's kind of like in this era like an important figure he is kind of crossed over to the point where he's known you know outside of rap he has his you know vice show he is kind of quotable he exists in a lot of different spaces so i think coming off his last album and going to this one he exists in a world that he can pretty much do whatever he wants at this point which is really where you want to be you know, yeah, I, I love rapper go to the league. I mean, that for me is probably my favorite two chain uh, two chains album, which we will get into. Uh, I think it's the closest thing to a concept album you're going to hear from him. Um, and it was surprising how open he was on that record. You know, delving into some of the darker parts of his life and things that he's endured, which of course he's touched on in his music, but he really kind of you know let people in with that, and I think that was like a kind of a big artistic growth for him you know and i think it touched on a direction that maybe some people think two chains wasn't capable of or was it within his personality but it added artistic legitimacy to his game and like you said he can kind of do anything now you know so for me that album really opened up a new you know a bunch of new possibilities for him i mean this is not gonna it's not knocking his previous work you know i love pretty girls and uh but if you're a fan of an artist you want to see you know growth and versatility and I have fond memories of Pretty Girls and, you know, the earlier era 2 chains. I feel like my cousins who are those Generation Z kids and, you know, their 
interpretation of hip hop and what they love is a lot different from ours, but we kind of like bonded over that album. Like we would bang 4 a.m. at family gatherings and, you know, it, it was good. It almost like started the conversation between us. And obviously he's always working with great producers like Mike Dean, Murder, Be- Murder Beats, uh, shout out to Murder Beats. Um, so again, as you said, like it, it's really kind of expensive expanded what he's capable of so this is one i like i was really interested in this because i'm like okay so this guy can kind of do anything now so what's he going to do with that um and i think he's done quite a bit what what were your initial thoughts on this album i was blown away by this album i've been a fan of two chains since about old national music um obviously i liked him in his previous incarnation as titty boy play a circle was great but then kind of has he transitioned between old national and cody and cowboy I was really enamored with him, his witticism, uh, his beat selection, and just his persona. And he really eased into becoming a new figure in hip hop. And he quickly ascended from, you know, being a guy and a part of a rap group that was signed to Ludacris' DTP album to being a solo star and a fast riser. And, you know, he has these big moments in hip hop, you know, like his Mercy verse or, you know, other such moments that like you're like oh wow this guy is you know something to contend with he's something we should be paying attention to that mercy um, verse is really what kind of brought him on my radar yeah and I, I think that's like a verse that you you couldn't miss like if you were paying attention to hip-hop if you kind of were on the peripheral hip-hop that verse you know caught your ears it you know caught your eyes and you know you're just kind of like oh who is this guy like you know he's so witty he's such he's such a self-realized and self-actualized character in rap and you don't get that too many of those i think you need a certain amount of i understand that he brags quite a bit it is hip-hop he does it quite a bit but uh there is a humbleness with him i think in that self-realization because you know you get a lot of people who aren't self-realized aka kanye west i really enjoy this album it's kind of a return to that more funny boastful two chains but i feel like this is one of his best sounding albums uh when this dropped you know i i went for a walk with it and i was you know, it was bouncing in my headphones. I just got really, really, really into it. Even some tracks, you know, from listening to it over and over again, even some tracks that maybe I wasn't into right off the bat started to really grow on me. And you saw kind of like a a full album really, 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 you know, shape together. Um, The fact that he was able to do such a socially charged album last time and then return with this level of quality and different style, like lyrical... um, style i i thought it really shows his range um it's also really really deftly put together it's a lean 15 tracks you want more at the end of it you're hitting those boom bat production styles with the trademark trap flourishes you know you got guys like q beats on it mike dean again uh chief keith uh then he goes like pure atlanta with the tm88 and uh production and I just was really, really surprised how much I loved this. Not that, you know, the quality isn't there with 2 Chains. He's he's become a luminary, but it, it was just really, really, really good. And I, I think it's it might be in the running for one of my favorite albums that's come out this year, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think I'd put it up there, too. Like, I don't think there, there wasn't a feature wasted. There wasn't a beat wasted. You know, he maximized everything he could in, in these 15 tracks. And I was... Not quite expecting this from Two Chains. Not to say that like you know he's done anything that proves that he like shouldn't be counted on, but I was, I just thought this was um, a cut above 
what I was expecting from a Two Chains album in this year. I gotta yes. ask you. I gotta ask you. What is your so? What was your thoughts on Rapper Go to the League? I think Rapper Go to the League is an album that I probably played a probably grand total of three times, and I didn't really go back to it or sit with it until I was getting into this album. And I thought Rap or Go to the League, like I think it's a fine album, and I you know I can I read like a lot of the criticisms of it, and like it it was really well rated. I don't think it connected with, with me though. Um, and it wasn't kind of the album that I was anticipating at the time. Interesting. So I, what got you w- with two chains? Like what kind of lured you in, you know, when you first started listening to him? I mean, I think one of the first songs I heard, um, when he was still kind of going by titty boy and he was just on the cusp of changing it was cowboy. Um, and it samples an old rock song that, I want to say, I'm trying to think now, it's, uh, because I've learned because I got Aerosmith? into because I got uh, I got into his um, earlier stuff like pre two chain stuff like afterwards because I was like two chains interesting heard the mercy verse that kind of just opened the whole thing and uh, it kind of changed my perception of him and then I just went on you know the deep dive yeah and I think like. He opened he opened it up and like if you heard like um play a circle um you know duffel bag boy like he was showing flashes of that brilliance at the time and I don't know how many people you know in that era like bought that uh disturbing the peace album or were listening hold to, on hold on one second yeah. sorry to interrupt I'm listening to it in my other ear I believe it's wanted dead or alive by Bon Jovi Bon Jovi yes that's exactly it yeah um and I just love that sample and like. Yeah, dead or alive. That's exactly what it was. Um, so I love that that sample, and I thought it was you know just genius. And um, and then that's what kind of like pulled me in, and I kind of like you know went from there. He did uh, old national music and and coding cowboy were the same year, and then he gave us his debut based on a true story in 2012. And I think you know from that period he kind of just grew a lot, and he had his branding down. You know he's coming into the the rap game or reintroducing himself to the rap game as a mature artist, as someone who's kind of like, you know, seen the pitfalls of it and is not like a young artist and he's not, he didn't waste any time um, establishing himself um, on his second go round. I think your point about him having probably the best rebrand in hip hop is, is spot on because I mean, you see them, I mean, I guess a comparison could be, I mean, and maybe even not a good comparison with Pusha T prior to being Pusha T. Uh, well, I mean, not be prior to being Pusha T, but it was with Crips, right? Uh, Clips, yeah. Clips, yes. Sorry, my apologies. Um, I thought that is another example of this, but I think 2 Chains, it was just such a transformation. And I think his uh, his ability to do that is is and understand kind of what a, what a coup that was to kind of pull that off. And also, I mean, when you're leaving behind that kind of situation, I mean, you're also leaving behind some of the, you know, more unsavory parts of his past that he kind of regrets. And I think he touches on that and rap and go to the league. I mean, I, I can't even really think of anybody who's been able to do the same. Yeah, and I, I, I think it's like it's an impossible position. Like, you know, so many artists have tried to, like, uh, crack back into music. Um, maybe I might put, like, Young Berg... Um, kind of reintroducing himself as Hitmaker and then, you know, going on this A&R run at Atlantic and, you know, being behind some of these Cardi B and these bigger records. Maybe he's in that kind of wheelhouse, but then again, like, that's not 
in the spotlight as much as Two Chains is. So you know, he connected with Kanye West, um, and then you know, signing to Good Music, and you know, he became an, a very we went from being an, an artist that like people had forgotten about to being like the most in demand artist in in the music game. Um, and I think that's like a very hard thing to do and a very hard thing to maintain as well. What do you think Def Jam's role in his career has been? I mean, because we talked about good music. Like, how do you believe that shaped? And do you believe the label change in hip hop is a, is a significant item, is a significant thing to to take place? Well, I'd have to kind of look into it. I don't know exactly what his how his deal was structured because, um, like, originally DTP was on Def Jam South, so he might have just kind of stayed on um, Def Jam, and then because like in 2012 he signed that solo deal, so he's he kind of always was in that house, and I know Def Jam has had gone through a lot of changes in the past, like. 20 years or so from the point where he was originally signed to the point where he signs a solo deal with Def Jam records in uh, 2012. So I think there are elements there, but it's also hard because there's a lot of artists that we see who, who are on Def Jam who are complaining to get out of their deal or can't seem to release music when they want to. So to be in demand at a label like Def Jam, I think speaks volumes, right? Because they sign a lot of acts, you know, they are the hip hop label, you know, Russell Simmons, Rick Rubin, like we know like their pedigree, we know LL Cool J, we know like how they started and how they were dominant. Um, and they've kind of always maintained that hip hop aesthetic, but I think they have fallen some pegs in terms of, you know, keeping artists happy there. Like we always hear about Kanye West's like, you know, pursuits to leave the label. Um, and I, I'd imagine he's probably one of the biggest acts that is currently signed to Def Jam right now. So I'm, I gotta ask about just like the sequence in terms of this. So he signs to good music. When did he sign to good music? I think the good music deal, I don't know if that was, um, did it exist in parallel to his Def Jam, to, to his Def Jam contract? Uh, yeah. So in February he signed February 2012, he signs to, to Def Jam. Um, and then it seems like in about March or uh, or by May, he was kind of moved under good music, which is under the Def, the Def Jam umbrella anyways. Wow, so I th- that's right. So I think they just kind of like moved his probably marketing team and, you know, his day-to-day people at the label to the sub-label. And I think because good music had a lot of brand cachet and Kanye had a lot of brand cachet at the time. It's easier to do that and to have somebody like locally or more close to you, uh, run your marketing and, and have decisions made at a bit closer level than they might be run out of Def Jam, New York. So let's get into, you know, the tracks, the features, you know, what for you were standout tracks on this? I mean, I think I was really blown away by feel away, um, featuring Kanye and Brent Fias. And I think this is like um, one of the bigger looks that I've seen Brent Fias have as an independent artist recently um, to be on his track with Two Chains and Kanye. And I thought that that beat um, the way that they're trading verses, everything about that really blew me away. And that was like the best I've heard Kanye West in probably like four years or so. Yeah, I was just about to say like this is I'm like, oh, did they where they dig this up from five years ago? He sounds like, uh, you know, what you would interpret as the old Kanye, so to speak. And uh, I love the way they trade things. And it feels, 
for Brent Fiaz, this is the kind of track that could be a kingmaker and kind of lead to a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he's, you know, he's kind of had that moment in the sun with Crew, and then I think he has, you know, been watched by all the industry tastemakers and everyone who knows anything about, about music has been paying attention to what he's doing. Um, so to see him pop up here again on on like a major label album as a feature, you know, he's doing it independently, and so he's managed to parlay his career in a way that he can still be tapped to do things like this, but he's not a slave to any of these labels. So I think that's really cool. Uh, I also really liked Mulatto's feature. I know she's doing a lot in music right now. Um, and she is like, you know, in for a really good 2021. Um, so her feature on the, on the second single quarantine thick, I thought was really amazing. And then I really like Southside Hove. I know that like two chains, talked about it on the breakfast club he really wanted a verse from jay-z eventually um and he's kind of like sad because he feels like he's been turned down too many times so i thought this as a kind of a tribute to jay-z worked really well on the album what were your thoughts on ziploc with the kevin gates i i'm a i'm a big kevin gates fan so i i really like that song a lot it was cool hearing him pop up as well um and i thought they really worked well together this is probably my favorite track on this really got the head bob going and I really Kevin Gates's verse on it. I thought it was quite good. Um, it was definitely one of the standouts, you know, the Kanye track, you know, feel away was really great. I know that you weren't a fan of YRB, the Rick Ross feature. I liked Rick Ross's feature. I don't, I know, I'm not a big fan of Schooly, and I know Schooly's, you know, part of two chains camp. I think he, I found he kind of um, was distracting on that song. Um, and I thought Rick Ross, like, you know, kind of came in heavy and his verse was amazing. And I, I thought two chains was giving some good verses, but I think like the song for me, it felt like it was getting pulled in too many different ways. So while I enjoyed like the individual, like, uh, moments of brilliance on it, I thought it, it kind of detracted from the song and, and the whole and, and kind of detracted. Well, probably one of my least favorite songs on, on the album. I would say that the schoolie situation definitely kind of pulls you out of it. I... Like for me, I really like you know the strings, you know the strings with it, and I just kind of, you know, got into it. But I, I think that's an interesting thing about Schooly. But I think I feel like he could have brought someone else other than Schooly for that track, and it would have really tied it together, or just have those two guys because I thought that they, I mean, Rick Ross comes out and he does his thing, especially after like their their verses too, to see them kind of like connect again in this way was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did enjoy the opener Lambo wrist. The reason why I liked it is because I think coming off of rapper go to the league, you needed that thesis statement in regards to like what this album is going to be coming, you know, you know, coming off the last one. And, you know, it's, it definitely asserts what this is going to be, that it's going to be a return to this braggadocio. Um, I, I love that. He went back there, although I loved rap and go to the rapper go to the league, but I mean he does this well. It's it's kind of a banger right off the top. I enjoy it. Gray area. I also kind of enjoy gray area. Is kind of a track where I was listening to it and w- like wasn't into the hook right away, but then as I got more and more and more into it, um, I really quite enjoyed it. What do you think I, of the Little Wayne feature? Obligatory Little Wayne feature. I mean, I like it. I liked it a lot better than other Lil Wayne features I've been hearing lately. I feel like they go well together. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I like you know you're kind of returning to that duffel bag boy energy. Um, I thought it was yeah one of Lil Wayne's better features of the year. I wasn't like you know missed by it or anything. 
didn't like, especially after his whole controversy, I wasn't like, oh, it's Little Wayne. I was like, kind of like, oh, wow, this is, you know, he's sounding good. He's sounding like he's kind of like on the ball on this one. So I wonder if that's something that like Two Chains brings out of him, if they have that, that kind of rapport when they work together. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, they're drinking the same Kool-Aid, you know what I mean? Like they're from, they're birds of a feather to an extent. So I feel like they work really well together. They're kind of um, less conventional rapping styles. And I think it just kind of works together. Whereas like when Lil Wayne is with someone who is, is super conventional, I don't know if that necessarily works, but I, 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 I enjoyed this. I, I, I think we've been kind of giving uh, little Lil Wayne uh, features a bit of shit this year because they just haven't been that great. So like this was really, it was kind of cool to see that this come together. And I think that is the theme of this is that, you know, this thing really came together very tightly. And even the songs that maybe I don't like that much aren't that bad. And um, like, for example, can't go for that. The uh, sorry, not can't go for that. Um, the free lighter, the uh, little Uzi Verd and Chief Keef track. That I'm not. Re- I wasn't really too into. Uh, I don't know how much I enjoy Chief Keef's production style to an extent. Um, what was your thoughts on that feature? I liked it. I'm, I'm like I'm enjoying seeing uh, Chief Keef transition from you know being this uh, legendary you know iconic artist to you know kind of taking a break from the spotlight and having a kind of second wind as well you know getting his his production out there and just really honing his craft in that way so i think it's great to see him work with someone like two chains and little uzi and still you know he still has his relevance but he's not you know pushing so much um on the rap side of things as much as he was like he's still putting out albums and stuff but he's you know also has uh, uh, production credits on a lot of albums this year there's a certain amount of spotlight associated, you know, when you're when you're just putting out albums, especially with him, you know, it's funny cuz I just watched I just rewatched the um the Noisy Shrack series and just like how it was just exploring you know, his rise and all that kind of thing. And I was like, man, his story is so fucking cool, but I just never really connected with the the production style necessarily, but I I I feel if you're trying to, you know, pull back from the, you know, from the spotlight, that's kind of what's good if you have the ability to both rap and produce is that you can kind of change, you can kind of control people's access to you and control the industry's access to you while you still have, you know, a direct line to, you know, making cash. Yeah, no, I think it's a, I think it's a great way to, to do that and, and to, you know, just to be there and be present and, you know, be relevant without, you know, having to force anything. If we look at two chains career right now, would you say it's on the ascension or he has already produced his best work? I mean, I think that's a hard question to say. I think we kind of get into the, the conversation that's, you know, been had around hip hop a lot is, you know, the role of the hip hop elder statesman, you know, I look in this album and it kind of gives me shades of like, you know, 444 for Jay-Z in terms of like its content, in terms of, you know, how sparse it is and how focused it is. So, you know, 2 Chains is what, like 43 years old or something like that. Mm-hmm. So to see him, you know, still being able to produce albums of this magnitude and albums that like, you know, have impact and he doesn't really sound like he's chasing a style on here. 
you know, he's obviously a very prominent trap rapper and this is trap, but this album almost reminded me of like, it was like boom bap or something in a way. It was like kind of like boom trap or something. Like it was, it was, it wasn't too out there. It wasn't like, there wasn't any songs that I was like, oh, he really needs a radio hit. And so he made this song. Everything felt like it fit into place and, you know, fit within the context of the album as well. That's one thing I kind of feel that he's still making, you know, on the way to making some of his best music because of the cohesion of the album. Like he's he's able to kind of, you know, as, as I kind of said, explore, you know, that boom bap style, but also, you know, with heavy trap influence and the ability, his ability to kind of combine that on this, I thought was really, really, really good. And, you know, his albums are getting better. They're getting tighter. They're getting... I feel like he's being more selective with tracks and beats and, and what he's putting out there. And I think that shows a level of industry savvy um, that can sometimes get lost with how humorous he is. And you see him on Vice, you know, with a stack of joints next to him on, uh, you know, in the car. And, you know, he's he's an amusing figure. But then, you know, I, I there is just, uh, you know, a level of understanding of the industry where it's going and combining influences. And he always surrounds himself uh, with the best producers. I know that we've been talking a lot about lately, and we talked about this with Jansport, Jay, you know, about, you know, working with single producers and that kind of thing. But I mean, he's doing this well by lining up, you know, uh, again, a, a good cast of characters to work with them. But I think that going well and being co and putting cohesive albums together requires a really strong creative vision from the lead artist and I think this is, you know, this is a really good example of that. Um, as you said, I didn't, I didn't expect it to be this good as well. I thought, okay, I really love the last one. He's going to put this out. It's going to be lunch bag letdown. Um, but it ended up being absolutely fantastic. And I think is like, I don't know. He, I, you know, cause we talk about how when rappers get older, you know, they, they kind of become almost elder statesmen and that's, you know, kind of the the fate but i i don't feel like he's i feel like he brings people along but he's not close to that yet i still think he has a large body of work that can be put together yeah like i i, I do want to see him keep contributing and like i you know he put he did that um kind of group album for true his uh his his uh new rap group or not not so much new but his rap collective um i didn't listen to that one i'm i think i'm gonna go back and see what that what that was about but yeah i'd be interested to see you know what contributions he makes going forward but i think this is a really good album and this is the kind of album that i want to hear from artists of his caliber and artists at his age so i was floored by it and i'd be interested to see you know where he goes next from here but i think this is what he should be making this is concise this is you know uh urgent it matters um and it's not it's not like he made an album you know, I would compare this to like the the TI album we just got, and you know, while there was good rapping on it, I think this album, you know, cuts through what I would call the fat that I found on the on the TI album, and this is just a more solid project that, like, you know, I will listen to for longer. Do you feel Two Chains is at the highest level of hip hop in terms of the the individuals? Well, first of all, if you were okay, if we were to create a you know the gold standard right now for hip-hop and who is at the top of the game who would you say it is i mean it's definitely drake um and then you can get 
to debating about Kendrick and J. Cole and Big Sean and then, you know, the Kanye's and uh and then from there. Um but I would say yes, two chains definitely in the upper echelon. Um his name still holds a lot of weight. He's still a star. Um he's still like a rap A lister. So yeah, I would say he's in a really good place and which you don't see many people at his age in that place, especially cuz he doesn't have like his career, you know, as two chains doesn't span as long as like a TI's career or like, you know, Rick Ross or somebody who who was more relevant in the early 2000s and continue that relevancy whereas his relevancy kind of came about so like in a major way in the last 10 years and he's kind of maximized that relevancy in that time period so where does this album rank in terms of two chains's work this is probably going to be in my two chains if i'm going to go by albums it's probably in his top three for sure if i'm going to go include the mixtapes you know, I put this up with based on a true story. Um, I liked it better than like damn Daniels uh than like the Danielson album. I liked it better than like True Religion the mixtape. Um, so I would kind of have to put this pretty high for me. Like it's much better, I think, than Pretty Girls Like Trap Music in twenty seventeen. Better than Boats. Yeah, I would probably put it put it up there for me in, in his discography. I think for me, it's top three, probably one or two. I mean, I do enjoy Rapper Go to the League, but I feel like I enjoy this one more sonically. Like Rapper Go to the League, I was really impressed about, you know, regarding the, you know, the concept of it, where he was going with it and kind of how like LeBron James executive produced that album. And it makes sense because it's kind of looking at this idea of like, you can't get out of the streets unless you you know rap or, or play basketball and it's about looking at entrepreneurship and other another another options but sonically this one is so rich and good and i think from a just from a straight musical standpoint it's better than anything he's put together i mean based on true story is good i enjoy it i don't think it's like i think the problem is when you're getting into the earlier albums by him there is a cohesion issue um and it's almost like there's a little bit more put into what the tracks individually are going to sound like. It almost sounds like this is something that's going to be on like a fu- like it's built for a playlist. Whereas, you know, the last two out, this one and and its predecessor, feel like whole pieces of work um, that are meant to go together and selected and curated carefully. And uh, like for me, I just. I was really happy with this. I can see myself listening to this continuously. I've already kind of putting it on, you know, various playlists and stuff uh, that I always put together for, you know, while I'm working and stuff like that. So I guess the big question is on the patented mind refinery scale, what would you rank this? I think I'm going to have to give this 8.5 cogs out of the possible 10. I think this is fantastic work from two chains. I think this is an album that, like, you know, I want to hear, I want to see live. Um, I want more of my favorite artists to make albums like this towards, like, you know, as they get up there in age. I have this as an eight. I think it's one of the best hip-hop albums to come out this year. You know, by some margin, maybe eight, 8.5. Um, there's a couple of things I didn't like on it, but other than that, I think it's really well put together. And as an album, 
it's just going good. And like when you're looking at the hip hop this year, I, I really think there was a, you know, a really, re- really big return to the, to the album and what it is and, and, and it as an art form. And again, in our Jansport J, you know, interview, he, he talks about how no one's going to be talking to their grandkids about that rap caviar playlist. They talk about albums like this. And I think when you look back at two changes career, this will be something that will be held in very high regard. Yeah, I think I would definitely agree with that. Um, do you think, where do you think Two Chains goes from here? Do you think he kind of gives us this again in like two years or another year, or do you think he, you know, focuses on other endeavors? Well, I don't know, like, because he's, you know, he's doing the Vice show. I'm wondering, like, how because, like, you know, him, you know, working you know, in a, in a collective now, I'm wondering how that affects the way he goes. And I'm wondering if that is, uh, you know, a precursor to more, uh, to even further, um, endeavors in the business of hip hop, you know what I mean? Or maybe he prefers to stay, you know, out of that. I mean, like he's, he's an entrepreneur. Um, I don't know. Like, I think that as you said earlier, he can kind of do anything now because he's kind of, you know, really gone to the polar, opposites in terms of you know expression and you know the message he's trying to put out and you know whether the albums are socially conscious and whether or whether they're just fun and that's a level of versatility you don't see very often so i think for him it's it's going to be continuing to put out records like this i i'd be very interested in what producers he's working with that that for me would be what the what the question mark is because i mean he likes to work with like guys like Murder Beats. He obviously loves working with like Mike Dean. I mean, but like, I mean, who else would you like to see him work with? I like to see him and Kenny Beats, to be honest with you. Somewhere yeah, like- I think like a Kenny Beats would be cool. Um, you know, maybe like trying to experiment with like some more West Coast producers. Like, I like the stuff he's done with uh, Ty Dolla Sign. So maybe like playing more in those realm of Sonics. Like maybe even some more monster production or something like that, but I, I like two chains behind a variance of production, and I think that he has an excellent ear for beats. You know, if you gave him like a Hip Boy executive produced album, like because uh, after the run Hip Boy's been on, I'm sure that would work well. Um, I'm sure like you know more Mike well made it would help. Um, but I think he he he's kind of he knows what he's doing in that realm, so it would be cool to see and pick an artist, a producer for him to do, you know, a one-on-one album with. I think that would be a lot of fun and it would kind of, you know, push him in some kind of new, uh, new ways. Hit boy is interesting because I feel that hit boy is really good at maintaining his own style, but also adapting to the creative, you know, to the, you know, to the creative whims of the artist he's working with. Right. And, Again, you know, Two Chains does pick beats very well. That's how he's able to put it together cohesive albums, you know, with a bevy of producers and and diverse producers as well. So, I mean, I love the Hit Boy idea. I think that could be really, really good. And you know, Hit Boy executive produce. But at the end of the day, also, I think that you know, Two Chains has the ear to kind of bring it all together on himself. And I think that is probably as a result of successes and failures in the hip hop industry and being able to kind of ride them and realize where things weren't working and having a good sense of that. And I think he doesn't really get credit for how intelligent he is. Yeah. Like I think he's kind of under underrated in that one aspect. On that note, Mr. Coburn Blair, uh, you gotta get going. Yeah. Thanks for chatting.
right. We'll talk.